Welcome again to another edition of Secrets of Meaning, the podcast and TV arm of Jewish Sacred Aging. Welcome. I'm your host, Rabbi Richard Address. And if you'd like to contact us with ideas and suggestions, just email me at rabbiaddress at jewishsacredaging.com. And if you go to the website, jewishsacredaging.com, and go to the top bar, you'll see a, a conveniently located donate button. And we really appreciate your support uh, to make these podcasts and the work of Jewish Sacred Aging possible. So again, thank you very much uh, for considering us. And we welcome you to a very, very interesting uh, edition of Seekers of Meaning. I think this is our first mother-daughter uh, podcast and TV show. And and we welcome uh, Susan Gross and Hollis Citron um, to Seekers of Meaning. Welcome, ladies. Nice of you to join us. I hope you're well and everything's fine in your life and everybody's happy and enjoying the summer. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Susan, uh, we're going to start with you. Uh, your daughter, Hollis, uh, is with us also from across the river and uh, over here in New Jersey. Uh, Hollis is the founder of I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing. And really one of the themes of this conversation, I hope, is this idea of creativity. Um, creativity, resilience, uh, and really um, looking forward and not having the fear to move forward. Susan. One of the things that is fascinating and one of the reasons why I wanted to speak with you uh, is your own personal journey in recent years, uh, starting, I think, in your congregation, Rotor Shalom in Philadelphia, but broadening it out of that with the development of a widow's group. So just if you can, if, you, if you're willing to share, just walk us through a little bit of that journey um, that motivated you to start this group? Well, uh, I'm really happy to be here. And about 18 and a half years ago, my husband passed away. And we had met when we were 14 and 16. So, and we married at 19 and 21. So he was basically, we grew up together, you know, and we faced everything together. So uh, when he passed, I had been teaching for 33 years in Philadelphia. And it, I, I was totally, at that point, unable to go back to work. Although I did try, and I lasted two weeks. But the interesting thing is, because I am a person that does what they're supposed to do, my generation, you did. You just, whatever was handed to you, you did, you did, you did. So I went back, and at the end of two weeks, I decided I really couldn't do it, but I didn't have the guts to say I couldn't do it. So I stopped at a flea market, which is always my peace of mind. And this little old man, not, I mean, I'm old too, but he was a little old man. So I bought something from him, and he looked me straight in the eye, and he said to me, take care of yourself, just like he knew me. So that was a Saturday, and the following Monday was my last day, and he actually gave me the strength to do that. So I was, I mean, I was a mess. If I was anywhere, if I finally got myself out of bed, if someone looked at me, I said my husband died, you know. So one day, luckily, I said it to the right person who worked at Goldstein's, 
And she thought, she said, um, we can start a bereavement group at your synagogue. So, um, I said, okay, you know, so it was two six week sessions with a professional. And of course, after 12 weeks, you're supposed to be cured, no. which, <laughs> you know, like six weeks and I'm out of here, you know? So we had developed like a little group of people that became very close. So I went to the membership person, Catherine Fisher, and I said, could we just meet here? And she said, yeah, if you lead it. And I said, you're kidding, right? You want me to lead it? I'm still in the process. And she said, yeah, I want you to lead it. So I said, okay. And that was like about 14 years ago. So yes, so, uh, so gold gold for those people who who are not Philadelphia area. Gold Seas is one of the larger funeral homes uh, here in the in the Delaware Valley in the Philadelphia area. And Catherine, uh, who has done podcasts for for us and uh, has worked with us in Jewish Sacred Aging, she was the one who referred you to us. Try to say this is an interesting story, um, Hollis. What was when your mom said, I'm going to start leading a bereavement group at, at my synagogue? What was your reaction? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course. She's a natural leader. She's a natural teacher. And um, yeah, it's just it's a natural next step. As uncomfortable as she was and at times gets with the process, it's 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 what she's supposed to. It's one of the many things, but she's she's born to do this. Susan, the, the, the group is ongoing, correct? Right. And with, uh, my worry with leading it is I have a very sarcastic um, edge to me. You're Philadelphia. So I didn't. Uh, what? You're Philadelphian. <laughs> why not? <laughs> well, um, so I didn't know if, I mean, I did, I wanted them to come to a place where we weren't barraging ourselves with sadness. Right. I mean, we could do that because I knew what that felt like. And I wanted them to leave there and feel happy. So I tried to plan. Well, I did plan silly kind of things and creative kind of things. And for them to find out who they are, not all the, the misery and all the whatever behind them, but leave feeling really good and empowered. So they had, because when I went to work, my husband was sick for a while. Nobody at work ever knew because I wanted there to be a place where I went that it was normal. So that's how I wanted the, the women to feel like when they went here, they got a shot in the arm, you know, and they felt good. In fact, we've had so many speakers. And I have a note here that Suzanne Roberts wrote us about five years ago. And, uh, he said it was interesting to hear about how everybody's related to one another. And uh, it was interesting to hear people laughing. And that's what a lot of the new people who came said. They never thought they'd hear people laughing. They thought it was just going to be people there sitting, commiserating and telling their stories, you know, <laughs> but they weren't. Susan, I mean, you started a widow's group. But in this age of uh, gender equality, um, is there a concomitant widowers group or is this just a name and men and women have evolved into the group or is it just women? 
Well, are you ready for my sarcasm? <laughs> like I said, we're Philadelphians. Go for it. <laughs> no, I always say because men get married in a month, you know, well, they find somebody right away. But I've been in groups where there were men too, and, and that was my experience, mm -hmm. you know. So um, now we call our group Widows Moving Forward. So have you been married meeting in now with the pandemic and everything you how often is this a weekly group a monthly group well we meet we were connected with um a, a national group the w connection we were their first um satellite chapter and but then what happened was when the pandemic hit they only wanted to do zoom meetings and my ladies had such a relationship. I just didn't want to abandon them. So I sort of pulled away from the W connection. And we had our own little Zooms and we had our own little meetings. And on the 21st, we're having our first in-person meeting at Road Up Shalom. So that's already, again, this is going to post in August. So this has already taken place. Right. 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 Okay. So we meet the third Tuesday of the month. But we're gonna. We usually take off for the summer, but and then we'll meet again in September. Or you can do it down the shore, like like well, <laughs> like probably a lot of people. That's where they go. Hollis, your 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 business uh, deals with creativity. Um, what what does this speak to the idea of the concept of never stop growing, never stop becoming that age is literally a number i mean this is a great role model for you and for younger people um how do you how do you react to this and and, and with this idea of ongoing creativity and how do you deal with this in your own business because you're really um a business about creative creativity correct yeah yeah so my tagline is there's Explore, express, expand. Explore the possibilities, express yourself, and expand your thinking. But then in a broader context, I say creativity goes beyond a pencil and a paintbrush. So my mission is I went to art school, art teacher 30 years, all this kind of stuff, but I am on a mission to get people to turn their light on and realize that everybody is a creative being, that I have, I have my own podcast. I have my own TV show. I've spoken to over 200 people. And all of, when I ask, how do you define creativity? Not one person ever says it's about drawing or painting. People say creativity is that magical spark. Creativity is imagination. Creativity is how you show up in the world. And it's been so much fun exploring and hearing what people think. And it just reinforces my mission, which is I say creativity is expression. Creativity is problem solving. Creativity is, it, it is, it's how you show up in the world. So when people tend to get stuck in this one mindset of, well, this is the way it's always been, or get caught up in the emotion, then there's no expansion going on. There's no room for expression. There's no room for exploration because there's like literally a shutdown physically, emotionally, spiritually. And what I am so excited about and what I'm so grateful to have my mom for and to see it happening is that even when things get scary, even when things get sad, even when things get all of these lower feeling emotions, 
there is a push, there's a drive to explore, to want to get to that next space, to want to try different things, to do things that make you feel uncomfortable. And this is the only way we grow and really form true connection really to yourself and to others. So let me ask you a question, push a little bit in this. First of all, what's the name of the podcast? You might as well get that plug in now. Ah, Creative Conversations with Hollis Citron. Thank you. And and it's also on, well, it's a local TV thing, uh, uh, which doesn't go around, uh, although because it's online. it streams. Yeah, it streams, RVN Network. So my show is called I Am Creative um, with Hollis Citron. And yeah, it streams on RVN Network which, and then Roku. Our demographic, the work, the work that Jewish Sacred Aging does in, I mean, obviously, mostly in working with synagogues and Jewish organizations, and this comes up a lot. Um, we usually teach it around certain texts from the Torah, but, and the idea of this, well, I'm a certain age and, you know, it's just too much trouble. I'd love to do this. I want to do that. I want to do that. And I'm sure you bump into this. What message would you say to, let's say, uh, a baby boom generation? Your mom, okay, that 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 attitude is a shutdown attitude. What's what's that message that you want to tell my generation about moving for about honoring your own creative spark? A sarcastic answer, being in the Philadelphia spirit, that comes to mind is uh, the Bob Newhart episode of "Just Stop It." Just stop it. Three, I mean, we have to get out of our own way. You are what you think about. So if you think that you can't do it, if you think it's not a possibility, if you come up with every reason as to why it can't happen, then it won't. But what I suggest are baby steps. It doesn't mean you have to go from zero to 100 and say, I haven't done anything. So I'm doing everything. I'm jumping out of planes. I'm doing like, you don't have to go from zero to 100. You take baby steps and you start with, oh, what would be that fun drink that would be fun to have? Incorporate it into your life. What would be that? Oh my gosh, I haven't doodled in the longest time. What if I just pick up a pen and just start making silly marks? I don't have to show anybody on a piece of paper. Then how would that feel? Is this why there's, when you go to the airport or whatever and, and a bookstore, I've noticed in, uh, since the pandemic, there's a whole now section of adult coloring books. Is that part of this, you know, post-pandemic or moving out of, like, uh, 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 giving myself permission to be expressive in ways that are private? I'm not going to be showing this at the Philadelphia Museum of Art, but it's kind of fun. And I can do it with my grandchildren. It's an aspect of, I think it's been around for a while, and I think more attention was drawn to it in that time, this mindfulness aspect. There's this, to me, there's, there is, a, it's, it's still coloring in the lines. It's giving people kind of a safe space to kind of just be in that and not have to worry. It creates the structure. Um, so yes, it is very big. There's the other part of me. There's the, the artist freedom part, which says, Draw outside the lines. <laughs> but um, to answer your question, I think it's always been around, but there's more attention to it now. Susan, in the work that you've done with the groups now, in how many years have you been leading this group? It's like 14 years. What's the great? And I always, I always joke. I can't get rid of some of them. I can't get rid of them. <laughs> they keep coming. 
But I just want to say, when I was teaching, I always did things outside of the box. I exposed them to opera and playwriting and all kinds of stuff. So when I started to do this stuff with the women and divide them into groups, I would walk around and go, oh, my God, they're doing it. I mean, it always shocked me (laughs) that they were actually doing it. And I had Hollis come a couple of times and she did art lessons. And one of our newer members went over to her and said, this is the first time that I'm actually in the moment. And so I knew that that was actually that we were doing things the right way. So, And then I decided I wanted them to write haiku poetry. And of course they said no. They're not doing it. They're not doing it. So I thought, well, you're doing it, honey. So I came to the next meeting armed with 31st lines, and I gave them out, and they all write haiku poetry, and now they're, like, hooked on it. And then I said, we're writing a book, and of course they said no. And uh, I said, uh-huh. And that took a little bit more of my kishkas out. That that actually did, but twenty women have um, participated in a book. See, that's why we have, as we say, attitude. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is great. How many? How long? This is an ongoing process. Do you have a sense of how long uh, a person stays within the group? You sort of alluded to that that people stay a long time. Is there an average people stay for six months, a year, two months, you know? Well, who of the people are there since the very beginning. So really? that's like, oh, absolutely. Wow. Nana Goldberg and Sandy Kuby. Yeah. And then other people are there three years, four years. I don't think they plan on leaving, you know, which is such a stress for me because I have to keep coming up with new things. So I said, well, if we make it to Broadway, I don't know if I'm going to include you guys. Well, there's that. There's your next show. You can write a show. You know. Uh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. But I have to say, Mom, that that's the beauty of your space is that you, because you don't sit there and and talk about over and over and over again about loss and what happened. It's a, truly about growth and expansion. That's what you. That's what's created, and that's why people aren't leaving because they're growing and expanding. You know. And what's happened is a lot of the women have found out more about each other from their writing because we don't talk about, you know, horrible details. We don't. And uh, one of our ladies started cello lessons, you know, in her 70s. So, you know, we're just like an inspiration to each other. And we're going to start planning some trips together. Some of the women travel together. And uh, we might, a couple women do have a place at the shore, so we might go visit, you know. And one of our members moved to New York, and she said, you can't compare. She went to a meeting, and she said, I'm never going back there, you know. So we might go visit her in New York. And um, it's. I think our group is like a respite. It really is. It's a place where, you know, you just feel good. Well, you've obviously created this community. Uh, and a community of support and freedom and given permission to people to really grow and be themselves, which leads me, Susan, to what's the greatest gift that they have given you? Oh, watching them come broken and 
and seeing them have friendships. And uh, this, this really, in our book, one of our members belongs to Congregation Beth Am in Abington, Rabbi Lee. Right, right. And she mentioned it to him, and he gave a big donation for our book. And then Rabbi Friedman from Rhoda Shalom supported us also. And it's just, and yesterday I got an email from somebody who read the book and she couldn't thank us enough. What's so the name we, of the book? What's the name of the book? Struggling Well, Thanks for Asking. Struggling Well? Thanks for Asking, yes. And this, and this is a collection of writings and reflections from the members of the group, correct? Yes, it's twenty. You want me to read you some of the titles? Just the before story. you do that, okay. If somebody want, wants to get the book, is it for sale or is it uh, is there just private internal? No, it's it's on Amazon. Oh, the great God Amazon! Everything the great God Amazon. Amazon. So, what's the name of the book again? Struggling. Well, that's because when people used to ask me how I was doing, in my sarcasm, I'd say struggling well. Because, you know, they expect you to say fine and keep walking, you know? Right, right, right. How are you? Fine, everything. Str so yeah, struggling. everything's perfect. Struggling, so, struggling well. well, thanks for asking. Okay, struggling well, thanks for asking um, on Amazon. And you're the editor, I would imagine, correct? No, she's the yeah. author. Um, I published her book. Published. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's published by Express Yourself Publishing, correct? Correct. Yes, yeah. All right. And what Hollis does with Express Yourself Publishing, we had a launch date, and the women on Facebook were interviewed. And I can't tell you, like, their heads are getting so fat, they're getting obnoxious. <laughs> They're signing copies of books. It's like nauseating. No, I don't want them to hear you or watch you and say, wait a minute, she's calling me obnoxious and nauseating. <laughs> Forwarded them this thank you email, and I said, in case your heads aren't big enough, here's an email that I got. You know? Very lovely. And I wanted Very to lovely. share. Yeah. And so, so I have to ask you this as a, 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 as a rabbi. In the conversations you've had with the group over all these years, what has been the role or the place of their own personal faith? What do you mean, uh, religiously? Spiritually, well, so spiritually. You know how what what has been how, how how often has that come up? Have they found comfort in any of the rituals, um, or has it really not come up at all? Well, when I start the meeting. I always read a spiritual something. You know, we all hold hands and we do a spiritual something, which has triggered some of the women to come in with spiritual things to read. But because it's a mixed group, you know, there's a couple different religions, you know, so oh, right. I don't, I don't want to just, you know, go to one place. Yeah. But, um, now, we're always aware of spirituality, always. That's how every meeting starts, and we do a little meditation and deep breathing and that kind of thing, and we end on a spiritual note, too. If somebody is listening to this, let's say, in Iowa or you know Montana um, or wherever, and they wanted to contact you just to get some ideas because this is exciting to them, 
how would they do that? Do you, you want to give out an email or um, you have a formal email for the group? Well, they can give me a personal email. You want me to give it to you now? Uh, as opposed to at the risk of being sarcastic, as opposed to three weeks from now? Yeah, that would be probably a good idea. As opposed to two o'clock in the morning? As opposed to two o'clock <laughs> in the morning, yeah. It's very easy. It's AS45. My husband made that one up when we knew each other 45 years. AS45 at Comcast.net. Um, before we run out of time, one final piece of wisdom or advice that you would like to leave people with. I'll start with Hollis. Just try new things. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. It's the only way that we, it's the only way that we grow. Explore possibilities, express yourself and expand your thinking. It's, it's this thing that we call life. You need to actually be present in it. And Susan? Okay. Um, I have, th these are some things that were from the book at the end. Let your life shine. Stop hiding your talent. Develop yourself. Um, don't be fear-based. Focus on one thing. And don't forget to put your makeup on. Yeah, well, that's something I probably have to worry about. But thank <laughs> you for that. Uh, Susan Hollis, thank you very, very much for giving us your time and just really reinforcing this idea of creativity, growth, resilience, and not being afraid to, to live your life. Because uh, it is a gift. It's the best gift, the greatest gift that we have. And it's a shame to waste it, no matter where we are. So I, I want to thank you. I wish you just continued health and growth and success. Um, and we appreciate you being with us. Thank you very, very much. Thank you for having us. I really appreciate the opportunity. Pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. And okay. to all of you, thank you again for joining us on today's edition of Secrets of Meaning, the podcast and TV arm of Jewish Sacred Aging. And again, if you'd like to make a donation to help support our work, go to the website, jewishsacredaging.com and click on the donate button, just follow the prompts. And again, Secrets of Meaning is uh, produced at the Broadcast Center of Lubetkin Media Companies here in beautiful Cherry Hill, New Jersey. And a big shout out to Steve Lubetkin, our producer. Again, I'm your host, Rabbi Richard Address. I look forward to greeting you on our next Secrets of Meaning podcast and TV show. In the meantime, stay safe, everybody. Stay healthy. Be kind to everybody. We really need it. Shalom. See you next time.